Welcome to the 152nd episode of the Young Turfs podcast from the Viner Forgate studio. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And on today's podcast, we're talking a little bit about, of course, college game day and the Turfs loss to Michigan State. And more in depth about uh, last night's, uh, whatever you want to call it, but I'm not really going to call it that much of a basketball game. Uh, I would say a debacle. And, of course, all of your other Terrapin news on the Terrapin Rundown. But before we get to all that, this podcast, as always, is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals. You're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. They have the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you are looking for. Wayne from Turp Talk has known Donnie and Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV today. You can contact Allied at 301-986-0067 or visit them on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, what do we got on the Terrapin Rundown this week? Well, we got a packed one, I'll tell you that much. Start with women's basketball, who has quite a rundown of themselves. So the Lady Terps ended the regular season at Minnesota on Sunday. They won 99-44 to for a 55-point win, their largest margin victory in Big Ten history. Uh, they claimed their fifth Big Ten title in six seasons. Yeah, uh, more success out of Brenda Freeze and the Lady Terps uh, on the basketball court. Big Ten tournament will kick off in Indianapolis tomorrow. Jordan, uh, the Terps, uh, of course, the one seed is the regular season champions. Uh, they'll take on the winner of Michigan State and Purdue. Yep, uh, should be a good tournament. Competitive Big Ten season at the women's side as well. And uh, according to the top 16 the NCAA released uh, a couple days ago, the Terps are currently the last one seed. So uh, they really turned their season around. I get a ton of props to Brenner Fries and her staff this season. Probable turnaround, Jordan. Um, you don't see that one much in women's basketball. The Terps also uh, have a lot of awards this season. Ashley Owasu, named Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Kayla Charles, uh, unanimous first team All-Big Ten selection. Charles also uh, in the top ten for the Naismith Award. Stephanie Jones and sophomore Shakira Austin earned All-Big Ten se- second team honors. A senior Blair Watson, uh, Big Ten defensive team uh, and also Big Ten honorable mention, uh, sophomore Terrell Mikesell, uh, she was also an honorable mention. So a ton of awards for the Terps uh, on the women's basketball court. Yeah, a great season. Hopefully they keep good times rolling. They should, I believe they will play um, 11 o'clock or probably probably noon Eastern on Friday. Like, like we said, winner of Michigan State and Purdue. But hopefully they will take the Big Ten tournament crown and uh, keep the momentum going and get that one seed in the state tournament. Yeah, and that would be really a nice thing to see from Coach Freeze and her staff, uh, given some of the um, challenges they faced these past few years. That would be a really, really positive thing for that program. Wrestling underway with the Big Ten Championships in Piscataway. Uh, they're this weekend. And then on the gymnastics side, Jordan. Yeah, the gym trips are in their highest score of the season, posting a 196.975 overall score. As the Terps defended home court in the Terrapin Invitational, defeating Yale, William & Mary, and Penn. Yeah, and that's um, another win. Uh, next, Maryland will travel uh, just a, down the Beltway to Towson uh, Friday for the Towson Tri-Event, competing against Towson and George Washington on the tennis court. Uh, tennis will host Howard on Sunday, and then they'll host William. They'll also host uh, Howard actually on Saturday, and then they'll host uh, William & Mary on Sunday. Yeah, um, on to the women's lacrosse side. The now number 15, so dropped from preseason one to 15, Terps uh, hosted the Syracuse Saturday, or sorry, uh, Sunday. Um, they lost 10 to 5. Uh, 
that was a weird situation. The game was supposed to be in Syracuse, but got moved due to a snowstorm in New York. Uh, the ven- venue change did not help. They now one and three Terps. Um, is a panic time for for uh, Kathy Reese and the Terps, Mason? I don't think it's panic time yet. You're talking about championship pedigree program here. Uh, but they don't face adversity this much. Uh, they lost 10-5 to to Syracuse, 19-6, uh, to I believe it was, North Carolina. They're obviously not in the same tier that they usually are. They usually win these games. They're the number one team in the country, if not uh, between three and one. It's not looking too bright for this team, but I'm sure they'll turn it around. They play uh, number 17 Navy tonight, uh, of course, at the field hockey and lacrosse complex in College Park. Uh, this will be a big indicator of where this team is. Usually a team that's not in the top 10, Maryland can handle very easily. Uh, this one should be quite the competitive matchup. Uh, one more thing to look out for with this team. Uh, Terps definitely need to uh, shore up some things in this Navy, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Maryland now giving up 19 goals in one game, 10 in the next. They, they got to find a way, you know, to play complimentary lacrosse. They're not, their defense isn't feeding into their offense. Well, uh, their offense, though, their biggest point of concern, scoring five and six goals against teams that they'll expect to see uh, come May. Uh, let's talk a little bit about softball, Jordan. Uh, baseball on the softball diamond, things are uh, getting, I guess, maybe leveling out. Stored. Um, the Terps are three and two in the Sun Devil Classic so far. They defeated Southern Utah twice, defeated Big Ten foe Wisconsin once, and lost to Arizona State, the host twice. Uh, this weekend. They are playing in the Panther Invitational down in Miami, so that's FIU Panthers. They're playing Ball State, Tulsa twice, FIU, and Samford. Um, feels like you should win a couple of those at least. Yeah, if not all of them. You know, be a Big Ten pedigree program. You cannot um, lose these games. These are the ones that you should win. You know, you talk about the teams they play: Utah, Arizona State, Wisconsin. Those are kind of your toss-up games. These are the ones where you're looking to get the wins just to. You know, fluff up your record a bit going into Big Ten play. Uh, on the baseball diamond, Terps, tough weekend. They lost their first two games to Coastal Carolina by a combined score of 26-3. to uh, The Terps were way more competitive in the third game, not able to pull out the win, a 3-2 to loss to the Chanticleers. Um, they play a one-off game against Delaware today in College Park. Yeah, um, I actually have the stats up for that one. It's the bottom of the center thing right now. The Terps are winning... Uh, nine to six over the Blue Hens right now, and they should hopefully be able to finish that one off, pull out a win there, and uh, continue on. They've been pretty good at College Park this year. A little bit of some struggles on the road. Uh, on the lacrosse field, the number seven Terps had their second largest victory uh, margin of the season, defeating number five Notre Dame fourteen to nine. I'll give you some of my thoughts on this one. Terps come out; uh, they get a great day in the faceoff X from uh, Justin Shockey. Gave them the push in this game. Maryland just outlasts Notre Dame. And then the usuals come in. You know, Daniel Maltz has now appeared as a great player on the offensive side, along with Logan Wisnowskis and Jared Bernhardt. And then on the defensive side, Terps getting it from uh, Logan McNaney this time in goal. He gets his first, I believe it was his first start um, of his career at, at Maryland, the freshman goalkeeper. And Maryland uh, shows the nation what they can do and, and why they should not be the number seven ranked team in the country. And, Kind of get a little bit of a re- revenge win. We talked about in our last podcast what happened uh, in South Bend last year. Yeah, uh, so overall, I'd say a pretty solid uh, week for the non-revs. Um, on to some football news. The spring game was announced to take place on April 25th this year. Personally, I still don't see the point of spring games, but a lot of people <clears throat> excuse me, get excited for them. 
So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get up on you if you get excited. But tw- April 25th, I don't know if it's the same day as Maryland. Yes, day it is. Formation. It is the same okay, day as Maryland good. Day for a second straight year. Big win there for uh, Coach Locks and his staff. Uh, a big positive, generally for all Maryland fans. It it has brings an attendance boost to the game. Brings another event uh, onto Maryland Day, and it gives you another reason to come out. Who's on that side? Uh, combine week. It is Anthony McFarland, Javon Leak, and Antoine Brooks competing. For Maryland, Antoine Brooks draft stock skyrocketing uh, this week. Ran a four, I believe it was a four six four or four four six at the combine. Uh, he's now rated uh, second best safety in the draft. Some people are talking about. He's definitely a top five guy. And then Anthony McFarland, position change request. We talked about it a little bit um, in our last podcast for him to get some looks at wide receiver and running back. And then of course Javon Leak. These guys though, in their pro days and combines. Uh, are very underrated players going to them, uh, especially, I believe, Brooks and Leak. Anthony McFarland, a little bit more known because of his explosiveness, but Leak and Brooks' stock skyrocketing. Uh, Anthony McFarland, though, his outlook is still looking good. I mean, all these guys are going to be drafted. It's just a matter of fact of if somebody can grab a steal, because, Jordan, you and I both know all three of these guys who can get them late rounds are steals. Yeah, I think I think it's a fair assessment they all project to be drafted according to um nfl.com they all project to be some point in the draft where they all got draft grades at least anthony mcfarland made some uh, buzz with his 40s uh 40 yard dash time 4.44 was the fourth fastest in the draft among running backs I struggled a little bit in the jumping categories though second worst in the vertical and third worst in the broad jump um but i see him kind of as a special team or maybe as a receiver we'll see what happens maybe play a hybrid role but I, they are all projecting well at least relatively they all should be drafted uh yeah but brooks really made an impact on his stock and hopefully um ant mac and john lee can rectify some of their underwhelming um measurables at their pro day yeah and i think that uh anthony mcfarland is way undervalued i was just reading the link that you threw up in our outline jordan about him on NFL.com. I mean, some of this stuff is just not true. They said he shows a lack of creativity while running the ball. Uh, they said that he shows they fumbles the ball a lot. I have never seen that one. You know, Javon Leak a little bit rated higher than him. Uh, I just don't, I, I don't see it. You know, these guys are great backs, and I think a lot of the Big Ten coaches, if you talk to them, will say that. They were huge threats against, you know, some of the best defensive players in the country. Uh, I think that these guys, all three of them, will be steals in the draft. And yet again, like Stefan Diggs showed, you can just fly under the radar at Maryland. It's as simple as that, despite the fact they play Big Ten football and despite the fact that um, they get some national showcase games. It's just, I really don't understand how especially Javon Leak with his build can be picked past the fourth round. You know, I know he's a running back, and I know there has not been a lot of value in running backs as of recent, but Javon Leak at least has to be a highly rated player. But, you know, people still are disrespecting Maryland as a football program, and, and I mean, some of the scores, you can see why they would say that, but th- these three guys are top-tier football players. Well, I guess we'll find out as the careers shape up. Remember, Jermaine Carter was president to go undrafted that went to the fifth round. So you never know what you're really going to see when it comes to draft day. And, uh... I think that wraps up our football news for now, Mason, unless you got anything else that you want to hit on. No, that that's 
that is it for football news. Uh, let's talk a little bit about college game day and the uh, Michigan State game, Jordan. Yeah, so uh, game day um, was it was amazing. I think to see game day at College Park finally in one of these sports, you you really got to see what Maryland basketball is all about. It was a great crowd out there. Um, it was fun to see Scott Van Pelt come, and I thought it was a good show. I really did think Maryland put, did a great job putting on a show. I do too. I think this is a big boost. Uh, I think it's a big props that are owed to both ESPN and the Maryland marketing staff and Maryland media staff combined. The um, great showcase of what Maryland's about. You know, I thought where they put the stage was exactly right, and I thought the attendance of of the event, especially where the cameras could see, was was fantastic. You know, the wall, while it doesn't look that big, is about you know four to five thousand seats right in that end zone of the Xfinity Center, and it was filled. To the top at the beginning, I thought the way they brought the show in with the light show was amazing, and I thought it was just done well, and it was a big props to what Maryland can do and what Maryland, given the opportunity to host game day, can put on, and hopefully one day we'll see the real game day, the football side of it, come to College Park. Oh, that might be a while. I think we got a better chance of basketball coming back. Um, but there were some highlights that I'd like to touch on. It was really cool to see Anthony, McFar- sorry, Anthony Cowan show up. In the Len Bias jersey, that was a uh, definitely a highlight. It was there were some really good signs out there. Um, I especially really love. I don't know if you saw this one, Mason. It kind of got some traction online. A, a statistical comparison of why Maryland should be ranked ahead of Duke um, in that we say P poll. That did happen this week, but uh, might not stay that way. We'll see. But there were some good ones. Um, I really like the uh, Jay Bosa discount Scott Van Pelt one. Yeah, there were some great signs too. It was a great experience unfortunately neither of us got to make it out there Wayne did he did a nice video uh on the college game day experience at the University of Maryland and hopefully they'll be back soon and let's talk a little bit about the game while we're uh discussing things game not going as well as game day did for the Terps no um there was so much hype going into this game but it, it just from the very beginning it did not go Maryland's way I think Michigan State got to like a nine nothing lead and then 14 to two. And by the 16 minute time, it was 16, it was 17 to five. And it just, from the beginning, it did not go Maryland's way. No. Um, and to uh, that point really quick, it, it just didn't look like the Terps day. You know, the way the game started Maryland, not really responding to the hype. Well, you know, I kind of throw it back to, in terms of hype, you know, you can talk about the Maryland Wisconsin game, uh, from a few years back where it was a similar situation. You can talk about the uh, last Maryland-Duke game at Xfinity Center. And y- you talk about the way the team responds and the way uh, Turgeon teams have generally come out in, in these big games. And, and it wasn't like that. You know, they didn't put up a point. You know, uh, Maryland seems to drain threes when the crowd's feeding them energy. And, and in this game, it just never happened for the Terps. And unfortunately... Uh, Jordan, as you put it, that was kind of the story for the rest of the game. The ball just never went in the basket. They had opportunity after opportunity and three after three. And similar to this Rutgers game, they just never went in. You know, you look at pick, you know, two or three of them out and and suddenly Maryland's winning. And right now we're talking about a Big Ten championship team. Instead, we're talking about a team that's really back on its heels going into this Michigan game. Yeah, and this the Michigan State game, just going back to that, there was a minute where it was tied at 23 after after Maryland's horrible start. They got it back going again. They got Ricky Lindo hitting a three, you know, got excited. And at, once it hit the 23, to, once it tied at 23, Maryland didn't score for like five minutes straight. I don't know what is wrong with the Terps 
scoring right now. I mean, the defense, I can't even blame them that much. I mean, there's just been times where the other team's making shots, and Maryland's not, and it's turned into this huge margin. But for me, the Michigan State game was over, really, when Cassius wants to hit the half-court strike going at halftime. You don't win games with our team when that happens. It's like it's like blocked field goals. Like it's just like when that happens, it's just like no, it's not going to be your day. Yeah, and you know, I think that's as best a segue to come into a game that was not going the Terps' way uh, last night. Maryland falls seventy-eight to sixty-seven to Rutgers. It was not that close. Terps really road graded at the rack, Jordan. Yeah, um, this, again, another one where, well, that's not really true. Maryland was in this game early. They really were. They never, like, it never got super stretched out in the first half. There were times where they were down, like, 10 or, you know, maybe 12 in the first, but it didn't really get bad. I'm trying to remember what the score was at halftime for this one. Yeah, 35-29. Yeah, and it was like, okay, well, I mean, you're on the road. It was a packed house. The environment at um the rack was similar, I think, to the Michigan State game in College Park. They really did put on a great for, – for, or the crowd put on a great show at the rack. It sounded like there's some Terp fans out there too. But Maryland just came out ice cold in the second half. Just as cold as they could come out, the league got out to 10, 13. I think it was – got out to 16. And I will be honest, I turned this game off when it got to 16. I think around 14 or 13 minutes left because – and people are going to knock me for saying, oh, you know – you're not a real fan of turning the game off. No, here's the thing for people out there, because I know there's going to be some of you. I didn't let this game – I knew the game was over. I just had no faith they were going to come back. And it turns out I was right, and I wish I wasn't. I really wish I wasn't. But they just never made it close again, and I was not going to let this game ruin the rest of my day. That was really what I was coming down to. I knew it was over. I knew there was no chance they're coming back. They did not have the spark. They didn't have a shot. And I don't mean shot in like a hypothetic metaphorical sense. I mean they literally couldn't shoot. And you need to be able to knock down some threes to come back and when you're down by that much in the second half. Maryland shot six for 32 in this game. And I really did not want to come into this podcast saying this, but it's time to panic. It really is time to panic in College Park. Maryland is playing so poorly on all phases of the game right now. They can't run offense. They can't make threes. They are playing – I don't know what happened. The defense has fallen apart completely. Like they're – against Michigan State especially, they're – running pick and roll sets or double horn sets where you, that's where you run two pick and rolls across from each other. Um, I'm not explaining this well, but two high pick and rolls basically and let the guard decide which way they want to go. And it's like, they've never seen these before. I don't know what happened and to our defense. And you can definitely see that. And to that point, you talk about the shooting last night against Rutgers. They were terrible. I mean, they, and it's not like they adjusted to it. They didn't adjust. Well, six for 32, as you said, from three, uh, Rutgers only knocking down seven threes in the game, seven for 16 for the Scarlet Knights, 43.8%. It's just a lack of, at this point, competence and adjustment, if you really look at it. You go back to the Minnesota game. You know, everyone calls that game a miracle, and it was. They came back, they were down as much as, I believe, 17. They've been down 17, Jordan, in six games in a row now. And coming into March, and it's now March, what is today, March 4th? Today is March 4th, yes. It, this is not what you want to see out of this team. Uh, quick look at the stats. Jalen Smith gives himself another double-double in the season, 16-10. and 10. Anthony Cowan gives the Terps 19. Not much else coming from anyone. Aaron Wiggins, the guy that's really been able to you know, fill the gaps for Maryland in times where they needed it, he gets only 14 minutes in the game and four points. 
Hakeem Hart, Jordan, 13 minutes and a point. Why is he even in the game? It's just, it was not the Terps day, but give Rutgers credit. Up against the wall, they needed one more to put them in the NCAA tournament. They get it against the number nine Terps in quite convincing fashion. A big win for Coach um, Peichel and, and the Rutgers program that's really picked it up. You're talking about a you know, athletic department in general that's been in turmoil now for years. And somehow this basketball program has uh, proven their way through. You know, four-year players, a lot of veteran guys for Rutgers, and they are legitimately a really decent team. You know, they're at least a top 35 team in the country. Yeah, I tend to credit Rutgers. Um, I really like what Steve Peichel is doing up there. Um, and we're going to avoid making indictments on the coaching staff for right now for Maryland. Although I, I do want to shout out Rutgers for more reason. This is going to be their first NCAA tournament since 1991. That is 29 seasons. So that is legitimately very impressive. Um, tons of props for Steve Peichel there. Uh, maybe they can get their first tournament win. That'd be their first tournament win since uh, 1983. Yeah. Uh, seed lines for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, Jordan. What do you think between eight and 11? Eh, I'm going to say probably yeah, 10 or 11 right now. We'll see what happens in the big 10 tournament. Um, but Maryland has some things to worry about, for real. Uh, yeah. They're off the two-line, according to Joe Lenardi, who I have come to trust extremely highly um, when it comes to seeding in tournaments. He's pretty good at it. Well, I'll go for that. Uh, Hold on one second. I trust him, Joe Lenardi, being the one being discussed. When it comes to like the top five seeds, I think he's very accurate. Bottom seeds, recently, no one's been able to predict very well. That's fair. But, yeah, um, right now, the Terps need to win a little bit to get back on the two-line. Um, although you could argue how much it really matters if you're the two or the three. Um, oh, I think it does. And, well, hold on. Before we get to if it actually matters, which I don't really think it does, I think that there is kind of a lack of confidence going around this fan base right now, going around generally this program. You know, you're talking about a team that, let's go back to last week after they beat Minnesota in that fashion. We're talking about a one-seed team with an outright Big Ten championship uh, now looking in to Forge's Michigan game, Terps hosting number 25 Wolverines on uh, Sunday at 12. You're talking about a team that could be as far down as a four seed. You know, th that's going to be out of the top 10 if they're not able to win this game and could be out of the top 10 even if they do win this game. It, it just seems like, you know, we're talking about a three seed, but we're almost disappointed while talking about a team that could be a three seed, which is would be the highest seeded team that Mark Turgeon's had at Maryland. Well, and this is, we've had this exact thing happen with us before with the fan base, I mean, in general, and these teams where, yeah, I mean, that is definitely a way to look at it. This team, this season has been an extreme success, almost no matter how you look at it. Um, we've had a great time this year covering this team. I think you and I have, Mason. It's been a ton of fun to watch them, but it, you want more, and you know this team can achieve more. And the fact that they have just completely lost their way the last two, you could really say the last four games, and you mentioned we've been down 17 in the last four and the last six, you said, but uh, um, whatever on that one. Yeah, you really know this team can achieve more than being a three seed and a four in the Big Ten tournament. You want more for them, and you know you can get more out of them, and it's frustrating when it doesn't happen. Beat Michigan, you're at the very worst. You're the two. I don't know if you're the two or the one with Michigan State or not. I'm, I'm not. Michigan I not State will it. be the one. Uh, really quickly on the bracket side, Michigan State taking on the number 19 Ohio State Buckeyes at home uh, right after the Maryland game, actually, on CBS on Sunday. So if Michigan State wins, they're the one seed. Yeah, Michigan State wins, they'll be the one seed. Uh, Terps win, Michigan State loses, Maryland outright Big Ten champions. 
Oh, you really hope that's the case. Um, but yeah, you can still claim a partial Big Ten title, which is still an accomplishment. You haven't done that yet in the Big Ten. You can still get the two seed, and it's it's like it's okay. Like it's not the worst thing in the world. And you can still get you have time. This Big Ten tournament, I'm going to say, is more important at this point to get things flowing the right direction again before the NCAA tournament starts. And I agree compl- with- completely with that one. But it really starts on Sunday. They have to win. You know, you're going to yeah, be facing a sold-out crowd at home. That's not going to be very happy if you lose. And really, it's it's going to be hard to fight off the fire turgeon people if they lose this game and have an early exit in the Big Ten tournament and a round of 32 exit in the NCAA tournament. What else are you going to say? You're looking at a team that has this season number one. They should be the number one team in the country in my mind. They have the most talented roster top to bottom. They have two of the best players in the country, two players that are still in the Naismith award conversation at this point in the season, you got to be thinking, you know, this would be an implosion for the ages. You lose to, you know, Rutgers who, you know, if you look back on the season in three years, Rutgers could be an absolute garbage program anymore that couldn't even have a football team. You know, there there are losses on this, on paper, that are not going to be looked back on very fondly, even though the games were close. I mean, you're looking at a team where if they lose, if they fall apart down the stretch here, it's going to be the same story over and over again, except this time it happened a week later than, later than it does every other year. Yeah, that's that's really a problem. Um, there are... If you blow this march, and I really... I cannot stress how desperately I don't want this to happen, because Mason and I are both going to the Big Ten tournament. If we lose in the first round, not the first round, the third round technically, but you know what I mean. If we lose in our first game, I'm going to be devastated. Like, I, I, there's very few things I don't want to happen more, more in sports than that. Yeah, I would agree but with that one. If you, yeah, if you lose, if you lose to Michigan, you lose in the Big Ten tournament, and you lose the first round of the NCAA tournament, you end on a five-game losing streak. I mean, it is plausible. I'm not saying it's likely, but it's plausible. Turner gets fired. Yeah, and I don't really want to be saying that at this point. You know, you're looking at if they no. win on Saturday uh, or on Sunday. My mistake. You know, you're hoping that Michigan beats Nebraska, then you can actually say it's a real top 25 win, another quad one win for Maryland. Uh, either way, whether they lose or win, Michigan a quad one team. You want to be saying, though, that you're trying to build a facility. You know, you're trying to raise money for this program. You're trying to push this program to, if they can finish this facility and finish their fundraising for it, they will be truly and honestly a top-tier arena with a top-tier practice facility, and they'll be in the top 10 of overall basketball programs in in the country. If they can finish off the season in the Elite Eight, if they can finish off the season with a Big Ten championship and a Sweet 16, or any of combo of good things that can happen, they're not going to have a hard time raising the money to build that facility and ensure the longevity of this program as a top-tier one. But they are trying to do more than just win this season. You know, this season was a huge factor for whether this coach was going to be here for the long run, whether what Mark Turgeon's recruiting style, if that worked at all, you know, there was so much that needed to be reassured with them winning this season that if they went out the way that it looks like they're going to right now, they will be in big trouble, both with Mark Turgeon's job security and with the overall health of the program. You know, these seasons where you unravel when you're a top 10 team do a number on everyone's confidence. And I think going into next year when you're not sure what pieces are going to remain of this team and going into 
you know, the future where they're going to have to pull some grad transfers together to make next year's roster competitive and all this stuff. You need to put up an appealing face in March, and that, that's when it counts. That everyone talks about, you know, why you play tough games in November is to be ready for March. They need to kind of get that into their heads that they've been here before. You know, they've lost a few games uh, down the line that they shouldn't have when they lost at Penn State. That's one that everyone likes to point at. Uh, they kind of got to go back, hit the reset button, get everything settled, and they're going to be in front of another sellout crowd at 12 on uh, Sunday playing for a half a Big Ten championship, and they got to win that game. I think that yeah, might be your do. most important game of the season just because you need some confidence going into Indianapolis, which uh, if the seating lines up right, you could be playing either Indiana or Purdue in that first round, I believe, and that is going to be a road game in Indianapolis. Um, That's all true, and you got to also throw in when you talk about the most important game of the season – this is the Big Ten championship for us. I mean, I know it's probably it, – I'm not going to probably because Ohio State's been playing very well. But it could be for the outright title, depending on how this shakes out. But it's for a share of the title at least, which, again, matters a tremendous amount. When you look at things that you accomplished this season, you do not want to say you had a three – you had three chances of winning the Big Ten and you blew them all. But, look, this, we're facing this negatively. This Michigan game is big. But I think – we're getting the predictions here just naturally, and it's hard to predict this one for many reasons, but I'm going to say we're going to win, and I'm not super confident in that. I'll be honest. You probably could hear that when I said that, but I think that Anthony Cowan's senior day is going to be such a big deal to the players, to the program, to these fans that he, it's not going to be, it's not going to end with a loss. Yep. And to that I guess we'll really get to tributing at the players when the season really ends, but Anthony Cowan has been one of the single best players I think we've ever seen wear Maryland jersey, Mason, I mean, career-wise. And it's going to be it's going to be hard to see him t- take a Florida Xfinity for the last time. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a hard moment for Anthony. You know, the grandparents' connection to this university, the family connection to this university for Anthony Cowan, obviously – statistically one of the top 10 players to ever put on the Maryland jersey going into his senior day on Sunday. Kind of a um, bittersweet moment, I guess it will be, for uh, Anthony Cowan, or a bitter, bitter moment if they lose the game. Uh, it would be a great finish for him in his last game at Xfinity Center if the Terps can take home half the Big Ten championship. On the other hand, if they're to lose this game, uh, there will be a lot of the turmoil repeated that Anthony Cowan has seen over his career. So either way, he either goes out on the highest note that Maryland's been at in his time uh, wearing the Maryland jersey, or he'll be back in in a place that a lot of Maryland fans don't like to be but have been in his time with the Terps. Either way for Anthony Cowan, a guy whose name or whose jersey will be in the rafters of the Xfinity Center, and he will be, you know, he's going to be a banner player for the Terps. I I hope so. I've seen a lot of um, of people from his career – I know Melo Trimble is going to is supposed to try. I've seen that he wants to be there at least on his social media. Yep. I think I've seen that Kevin Herter might show up too. A lot of people are going to come by to Xfinity Center. Yeah, to, he has uh, a whole section of uh, friends and family at, at that he bought out for this game for his senior day. I did not see that, but it's appropriate. Um, I, uh, Maryland. I know Maryland fans are going to send him off screaming. Uh, Mason, you're going to be there. I. I know you might be sending the media, but maybe you'll step out and clap for Anthony when the time comes to for a senior day moment. Yeah, definitely. I'll probably be right there on the floor taking pictures of him. You know, obviously they do the whole jersey thing at the beginning. And that's a good place to leave this one, Jordan. 
Terps yeah, um, rolling into Michigan. I'll give our prediction for the game. I'll actually be back in College Park for this game. Uh, Maryland, I think, will beat Michigan. I think a Michigan team is going to come off a blowout win against a Nebraska team that's had a terrible first year in the year in the uh, Fred Hornberg era, Jordan and Nebraska. That has been an absolute uh, crapshoot for the Cornhuskers. I think Michigan will finish off their season uh, with a win, and Nebraska will go into the Big Ten tournament, the 14 seed this year, or the 13. I don't know, whichever one's worse, Northwestern and Nebraska. And the Terps roll into Indy, co-Big Ten champions. Ohio State gets the win. I think Maryland somehow, just the way this season has rolled out, gets the one seed uh, going into Indianapolis. I'm going to say by a score of 74-65. to 65. I think the game stays close all the way. Terps knock down some free throws late. Uh, pull out the win over what's been a good start to a new era of Michigan basketball, Jordan. Yeah, Michigan's definitely a program to watch out for in the future, um, with Ron Howard leading the charge. I'm going to say the Terps. Uh, you remember, Mason, how Mellow Trimble's career ended at, at College Park. I'm sure you do. Yeah, he hit a three against Michigan State. That kind of solidified Maryland's ending of the season. They had a rough road. Uh, going there, and then they went into the tournament, what, as a 60, and they lost to Xavier in Orlando in the first round. Yeah, you, you handled that well. I remember that. Um, but I think it'd be really cool if Anthony Cowan's career at College Park ended the similar way. Maybe not as dramatic. I don't know if you can have another uh, downhill buzzer beater ending like that, but I think Anthony Cowan's going to put up 30-plus in his last game, and Maryland's going to win. I would really like to think that they get the one seed, but either way, We'll be in Indianapolis supporting the team and uh, hopefully and with full coverage. Getting... Oh, yeah, total full coverage. Um, podcasting every day. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I think we're going to do um, even for the day. I think I will be there a day before you, I believe, and a day before uh, Friday when the Terps will take the floor. But we'll have full podcast coverage, full video coverage uh, on the YouTube channel for the Big Ten tournament, the entire length of it. So we're going to be there whether we like it or not or whether Maryland's in it or not for, uh, I believe I'll be arriving Thursday night. So I'll be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Jordan, you are similar. I don't know what your dates exactly are. I'm going to get there at like midnight. I'm flying for Arizona, actually. So um, I will arrive in Indianapolis Thursday night. And uh, that's my one knock on getting the one seed is it's going to be a brutal to get to have the 11 o'clock start time if we are the one seed. Yes, it will. And. We'll be back after the Terps hopefully take down Michigan uh, on Sunday and hopefully, I'm going to say it again, I don't want to really jinx it again, uh, as somewhat the Big Ten champions in the regular season. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Viner Four Gates and Rockville, for all of your business IT needs. Viner Four Gates is your place to go. At You can reach them at 301-251-2900. And Allied Party Rentals, for all of your party rental needs, big or small, small corporate or personal, you can reach Allied at 301-986-0067 or on the web at AlleyPartyRentals.com. Back on the podcast on Sunday night, talking about the Terps' hopeful win over Michigan. And as always, thanks for listening.